This has been the thing I love more in life than a scalding hot shower. It's the symbol of human dignity that separates us from the chimps. Helps you scrub off the sleep and scrub on the day, or scrub off the day and scrub on the sleep. Don't know if your morning or night shower people, whatever floats your boat. But where your towers gonna float their boats if all you have is cold H2O? That's two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, and zero parts justice. Now I know you're thinking, what are you talking about? Go away, this is private property. Well, before we leave, ladies and gents, allow me to set the scene. Imagine. Yeah, I don't live here. Oh. Imagine your kids taking a shower before they go to school. They douse their skin with ice-cold water, a huge shock to their little systems. At first, it's downright unpleasant, but then it gets them wired in a way they've never felt, and they think to themselves, that shower felt great. Maybe I'll try cocaine. So your son's on coke, your daughter's pregnant, and your husband's probably having an affair. Apocalypse! Just like the movie, I am legend, but not like that at all. No hot water, which means cold showers. Next thing you know, your kids will be on crack. No hot water. I'm fucking Delay. I'm dating Delilah from Delilah. Um, and you're like, yeah, baby, do you like that? And she's like, yes, I like that. <laughs> yeah, we're here tonight. I'm coming up next. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Kat, do you not know Delilah? Hey there, Delilah. No, two, they're I different heard. people. <laughs> no, Delilah, she's like a radio host. Like a, a, and she a, does a like love, love radio. Yeah, people call and tell like love stories, breakup stories, oh. and then like they play music she's at, like, in between. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn, that sucks for you, dog. And that, she I has like know. a very calm voice, soothing <laughs> voice, kind of deep. Her. I just know the Delilah from Hey There. From Hey There, Delilah. Yeah. Another now, hey, hey, the Delilah from Hey There, Delilah uh, left New York in March of 2020 and has not come back. That could be lyrics to the song. Exactly, that's the sequel. Yeah. Play my tease when they're fucking out of that residual money and they need to write a sequel to Hey There, yeah. Delilah. What are song sequels? Are there sequels to famous songs? That's yeah, great. part two. Of course. Of course. Uh, rock and roll part two, Gary Glitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's not really a part two. But I don't know if this yeah. counts, but There's the song... There's like reprises, of course. Oh, of course. A famous reprise. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend will have many of those over the we course of its We saw many run. in these two episodes. In these very episodes. Did we already start? Uh, I mean, we are, are rolling. We yeah, for sure. Um, um, I'm started, glad you didn't tell me. Started cause... mid Delilah. Um, Kevin just sort of starts. I love in media. That's, I- that's ideal. I yes. agree. I like it to feel like a casual chat that you just happened to to walk in on. Like at a coffee shop or something. Exactly. Just people yelling about TV shows, uh, which is like, essentially it what re- I do in a coffee shop. It removes some element of like having to perform. But now I know. I'm sad I looked. I, I wish we just chatted for a full hour. I'm like, when are we starting, guys? <laughs> <laughs> now the illusion is fucking broken. It's fucking shattered. I don't know if this counts as a sequel song. But the, the the Madonna song "Papa Don't Preach" mm. in the music video, Danny Aiello plays her dad, and Danny Aiello recorded a separate song called "Papa Just Wants the Best for You," where he is playing the same character from the "Papa Don't Preach" song. That's kind of cool. About how he wants the best for his daughter. Uh, is that a sequel? I guess it's like a sidequel. It's like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern mm. are dead. Um, for the song Papa Don't Preach. A spin off. <laughs> it's the fucking Tortellis of Papa Don't Preach. It's the Frasier of Papa Don't Preach. There's just... a King of Carrot Flowers, part two. 
Oh, I did not know that. I'm familiar with the original. Mm-hmm. It's like when you find out there's a sequel to The Last Picture Show, and you're like, what? They made another one of these? <laughs> with the same the- cast and director? It's supposed to be the last. And simply, yeah, I know, like, another Last Picture Show. <laughs> Kevin, something's really been bothering me. So when we were recording the podcast the other day, I didn't realize we were recording, we were talking more casually, chit-chatting about song sequels, and I, and I brought up some examples, and it's been really bothering me that I said, King of Carrot Flowers Part 2, when the full title of the song is King of Carrot Flowers Part 2 and 3, and it's been bothering me that someone might listen to the podcast, hear me make this comment, and say, she's wrong, that's not the song title, and... Also, there's there's even more to this because there's actually another, there's another um, couple of songs on that album that are part one and a part two, Two-Headed Boy, part one, part two. So now I'm afraid someone will listen and think, oh, well, there's another sequel on that, another part two on that album that she's not even talking about. So they'll think I'm, I'm a fraud, a poser, a fake, a phony. And so I just want to put it out there that this, you know, that I'm aware, that I'm aware of a phony. (laughs) Okay, I jumped the gun. I I said that before even fact-checking any of this. I just was going off of my own knowledge. And the full song title is, in fact, King of Carrot Flowers, P.T.S period two and three so that's parts parts plural parts two and three not part two and three um let it be known uh shamefully howling it makes me so sexy sad i i'm just having intrusive thoughts about taylor swift let's hear it it's just, no time like the present i'm like trying to think of examples and it's the only thing my brain will think about is like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift puts out new things. The Masters. Taylor Taylor Swift did a different rep- Red again. Are Red, you a Red the director's cut. I'm not. I just think <laughs> that she she gets in your brain. She gets in those Swiss cheese holes and she like worms her way. There are definitely I would not call myself the Swifty, but there are lyrics and elements of her songs oh. that have become brain worms. We're to talking me. about I mm. I forget that like we have to be careful when we talk about Taylor Swift. It always seems to happen where I'm like, oh no, we're talking about Taylor Swift again. What if the Swifties hear us and like <laughs> oh, cancel so, us? So oh far God. we have dodged the Swifty radar, but one of these days our bill will come due. I would love to be canceled and that feels like a really good reason. <laughs> I would love like, to just get it out of the way. You know, I think I would handle it with great. such grace. <laughs> I could see, I could see that. I don't know you, um, but I could, I could see that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm you can see it worked out really well. I'm glad that's an impression I give so immediately <laughs> to someone really? I just met. Would you post? She would get it? canceled, yeah. and she would handle <laughs> she would it well. Do great. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I think I would be like, you know what? She's just a human. She's you know, we all a, err. To err is human. I think, I think I would quickly for, forgive and forget. Yeah. <laughs> There yeah. is definitely a, a Taylor Swift-ism. Uh, she has some terrible song about Cornelia Street. 
and there and a, a street in Brooklyn that I pass by all the time, and just every time I just think. I'll never walk Cornelia Street again. Isn't it interesting? Are those the lyrics? Yeah. And it just, it runs through, and that's it. I couldn't tell you anything else about the song, but just mm-hmm. that that lyric. Um, and she also has a, a, a truly terrible song called London Boy, featuring Idris Elba in a vocal only, like in, in a dialogue cameo. He does not contribute to the song in any other way. And it is... What are his lines? It is... A, he's like... He's at the opening of the song. It's just like him talking. He's like, Hey, bruv, you gotta go Governor Zoo, apples and pears. You know, he's just like talking about some shit. And then um, Taylor Swift fucking comes in with just like literally a Lonely Island song. But she's doing it like completely straight face. She's like, I'll go down Piccadilly Circus. She's doing her fucking like cat's fake a British accent. Oh no. She's this fucking, is a real song. You know I love a London boy I enjoy. <laughs> is, this, is this fake or is this real? This is fucking... No, is this, this like fucking, a real... I can cue it up right now. Is this a song that she produces? is this a Lonely Island? No, this is a Taylor <laughs> Swift song. It so, is on her album, the same album as like Paper Rings. Uh, which album is this? I don't. It came out a couple years ago. It's like a sunset cover. Oh, she's lover. she's lover. all doing lover. <laughs> Mine. Yeah. yeah, exactly that one. So, and she's like, "Darling, I fancy you." And it's like, <laughs> there is a song in Pop Star, "Never Stop, Never Stopping," the Lonely Island movie, where he's doing that with Spain. And like it's just it's the same song. I think well, I would love to see you cover Taylor London Swift. Boy. Yeah, London Boy. And also but doing doing the fucking Dick Van Dyke Mary Poppins <laughs> Also, I think back to the song sequels when you first said that I was like so. American. I'm playing the London Boy. No, so American Boy. This is the sequel oh. to American Boy. Wow, a spinoff of American Girl. Is that a song? You depress me sometimes. <laughs> Is it? Tom Petty's American Girl? Uh, now I'm having intrusive thoughts about the American Girl memes that are becoming really Oh, the little doll? Right I don't think Tom Petty was singing about one of the little dolls. Did you ever have one, American Girl? So that's complicated. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I... <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's fucking dive deep on I American wanna hear, Girl. I want to hear if you did. Wow, and tell me what, more about I never did. Okay. I never did. I, I would have liked one. I if I'm being honest with myself, you know, I, I never said it out loud, but you know, not that I'm being asked as an adult. Good thing there's no evidence of you saying that. Why don't you think the Cut people, that out, edit that out. Why don't um, you think the people who raised you didn't give you one? Um, well, I would say it's, I mean, they're expensive. I would say number one. And then For number sure. two, I never asked. Mm. I don't think mm. they would think I would want one. Maybe. Powerful. I don't know. But I did get, and I was a little bit past the point of like even playing with dolls. I did get as a gift the coconut dog, which was an American girl like company created mm. thing. But it wasn't a doll, it was a little dog. And it came with this like shampoo that was coconut scented. Wow. And that scent really left an impression on me. Yeah. And to this day, I really love like a synthetic coconut smell. I'm really into perfume and fragrance. And whenever I get like a gross coconut, I'm like, I love it because it makes me think of the coconut dog. That's beautiful. I love that. I hope our listeners are getting the experience of living next to a a street in Queens right now. I hope they're hearing these fat beads dropping, dropping on the train. I like when, I like when pods or things have atmospheric noises. It It just feels like like, you're hanging out. You're just there with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Did you have American Girl dolls? No, I didn't. I was very uh, gender normative. I grew up in a house of all boys. It was like the only woman in the house was my mom and a couple of the dogs that we had over a period of time. Woman dogs, yeah. Yeah, a couple of uh, lady dogs, uh, of Lady in the Tramp fame. And um, so, no, so we didn't have anything like that. And it would have been like embarrassing to have asked for something like that. And I'm earnestly jealous of like, my friends, my male friends, many of them who did not even have sisters, who just like were not ashamed as a young man to watch things that were aimed at young women and to experience and enjoy things that were aimed at young women. I very much as a young male child, like stayed away from that very, you know, small town Missouri, no homo culture. You know what I mean? I did not engage with anything like that. It's um, interesting too, cause like, cause dominant culture is so masculine and like yeah. the canon of a lot of art forms is predominantly masculine and male. It's like, I think for young women, when they get interested in things, like even like film, it's like, you kind of have to learn a certain, like you have to watch The Godfather and shit, you know? Yeah. But there's not, I don't think, I think like women have like a very like multi-gendered experience in that way in terms of like the content they consume yes. versus men aren't encouraged to like, oh, you haven't seen, you know, like all these rom-coms or musicals. And they're or, like, no, know, of course like, I haven't. And they yeah. don't feel any shame about like being, being it doesn't left go out of that ways, culture. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not the dominant culture. I remember a, a, uh, an experience in my life, uh, driving away from the park with like my mom and one of her friends and the, and the brothers in the back of the car. And, uh, I want to say, man, I feel like a woman was on the radio, the famous Shania Twain song. And like, Ever, people were singing along to it in the car and I as a young boy was like well why will ladies sing along to songs with male artists but men don't really sing along to songs with female artists yeah. and then I stewed on that for about 20 more years <laughs> until we really hit something there <laughs> yeah um, but anyway those are uh, what were we talking about? American Girl? American Girl Dolls. I had, I had no exposure to American Girl Dolls, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I could be the London boy in the sequel song. I met this lady, she came to town. She was wearing a football gown. I did, she didn't know where she was going. And I told her, best get rowing down the Thames. So this is one of the Kevin songs that I was referring to earlier. And I broke the cardinal rule of trying to improvise a song, which is like, just do a very simple chorus before you do anything else. And I always try to like storm into an improvised song with like a complex rhyming verse. Whereas like anyone who makes up songs on the fly will tell you, just start with like a chorus that is not just like an A-A-B-A rhyme scheme, but is like... A is the exact same line over and over again. But I, my hubris has once again uh, rendered a song very short as I ran out of gas immediately. It's kind of fun, though. On London Boy? Yeah. It's I flame fun. out quick. Yeah. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. You'll be my American boy. <laughs> it gets, like, really stuck in your head when, when that song gets stuck What in song your head. is this? American, American Boy? American Boy. Because the, the voice of... Um, I do not know uh, this song. You know Garnet, this song. The American voice. Boy? Yes. 
Take me on a trip, I'd like to go someday.
Wow. You had a theater background. Yeah. I like, mean, I, obviously I a very unimpressive film. one. Yes. I, but, like, I, I didn't know you were a theater kid, you know? Oh, for deeply, sure. Deeply, deeply. Because in, in, like, rural Missouri, like, there isn't, there isn't, like, There's film There's no stuff. film element. There isn't, the yeah. only, like, artistic expression could be, like, waiting for Guffman-style community theater. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So high school theater, like, if you, I was originally someone who wanted to be an actor before I decided I'm like, perhaps I'm better utilized behind the camera primarily. Um, but it, it was truly like the only thing, you know, mm. if you, there was no infrastructure for making films. My, my public Missouri high school certainly did not have that though. We were fortunate in one regard where, uh, there were the quote unquote school announcements, which were these I was gonna five ask. minute. Yeah. If you um, had one of those. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, you took a class and it was five teams of three and every group had one day of the week that they had to create hashtag content for. Um, and there was one minute of announcements that had to be at the end of every video, like news that the school needed to know, and four minutes of, you were supposed to keep it relevant to school interests, but often you just went and did big sketches. My friend Matt, who I was once on a team with, recently unearthed, like, the full DVD collection Stop. of all of these. I have to no. see And it. I have been tagged in some reels on Instagram. I have to, I have to see them. <laughs> I have to see them. They are, I've, I've watched some of them now that they've been unearthed for the first time. We were doing these 2010, so, and it is now 2020, so it was a very long time ago. But I'm like, deeply embarrassed by but everything like mid about myself. But like mid-YouTube, that's like perfect time Yeah, for, that. for sure. So era. I, yeah, yeah, I recently rewatched like a full-on Jurassic Park riff that we did, like a four-minute okay. takeoff on Jurassic Send Park. Them. And yeah, it's so yeah. great for our listeners because they're right here in the notes. You can just click on the link below and they're right there for you. <laughs> I've been you. suckered into putting link in bio. Oh my gosh, Yes. Fair enough. Fine. I will. I will link to uh, the least embarrassing one that I can find. And enjoy. I hope you all. Yeah, enjoy. just really savor it because there's there's honestly I feel pretty accomplished about a few of those. There was a group I was on with my buddy Forrest, who I still am a film oh, yeah. collaborator with. I didn't realize. And Forrest my buddy went to high school. Yeah, with you. exactly. Forrest and I go way way back. We've wow. known each other most of our lives. And uh, and my uh, friend Ben and we were a very strong team of three, perhaps the strongest of the entire group. Um, if I do say so myself about myself 12 years ago, uh, but we produced a really great, uh, dodgeball skit that was like a full, like world war two thing. It was good. It was, it was, that was, we made some primo fucking school announcements. I'm so into that. That was my, that was my like vision is if you hadn't done theater, it would have been like one of those like AV club, like live, like I did both fucker. Yeah. That's like. (laughs) That's like the American. I was really experience. cool, but that subverts some expectations of the theater kid. I think I lived in both worlds. But the, yeah, you lived in both. I feel like I felt I lived in multiple worlds, which is why I never like yeah. the people who were true theater kids. I feel like that was like the that was it. That was their heart and soul. That For was sure. their life. You know, like I don't think I got to that For sure. level. What were or your I other felt, things? I mean, mostly visual art. Yeah, Fuck I would yeah. say that's more what I, what. What I would more self-identify as at that mm-hmm. time. Yes. But um, yeah, I don't know. I also don't have a great singing voice. Like I'm fine, and I like worked really hard at it yeah. to like be in shows. But I'm not naturally a great singer, so I think that always kept me a bit back from 
you know. Hold you back from being a true Broadway baby. Absolutely. Like, I think if I had a naturally, like, great voice, then maybe I would have got sucked in a bit more. But I've always loved musicals. I grew up watching musicals, you know, so. They're fucking great. Been on a little musical kick myself. Miss it. I love it. That's true. You're going, like, deep into, like, Yeah, I did stuff. Chorus Line recently, like, the Michael Douglas starring a Chorus Line adaptation. Dun, 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 dun. Have you ever seen the documentary Every Little Step? Oh, my God. No. Is that the mockumentary with, with John Mulaney? No, but now I'm No, that is uh, co-op. Um, from Documentary Now. I assume that's what you're talking about. Which is a riff off, off of... of original cast album Company. Got a 50-minute documentary that was supposed to be... There were supposed to be many of those. It was supposed to be a pilot for a television show about recording Broadway cast albums, but there was only the one. It's really great. I think it's on Criterion and HBO Max, if anybody like wants to go watch it. Usually, when they are doing a screening of original cast album company now they just also screen that episode of documentary now that's amazing um because it's really great if any if you have you seen it co-op oh you got it it i am not a big documentary now guy you do have to watch that one this is the one that you have to see in my opinion um and it's it's really great what were we talking about immediately every little step every little step it's a documentary about the chorus line revival that they did on broadway and it's just about like people auditioning and rehearsing and when i saw it this this was when i was definitely in my like high school theater moment and i like sobbed watching that movie i was just so moved by like the dedication of these performers It's really beautiful. Getting cattle called in to do a show about a cattle call audition. Yeah. Like it's just I exactly. I cannot help thinking about that that element when I am experiencing a chorus line. Well then you have to watch every little I gotta set watch every little set exactly apparently. Documentary from nineteen seventy five. Oh, the fashions in this are going to be simply spectacular and I cannot wait for that. Um, so yeah, I will, I will mark that down for fucking later. Um, but, but yeah, and I also, uh, I recently watched the, uh, very difficult to find, uh, Peter Bogdanovich musical, uh, At Long Last Love, which is all repurposed Cole Porter songs, uh, and of course starring famous singers Sybil Shepard and Burt Reynolds, who are known for their beautiful singing voices. Uh, but it was a fun, it, that movie has a... Are they actually singing? They are actually dead? singing. That is actually them. Madeline Kahn is also in it. And we know that Madeline Kahn can sing. Everyone knows this. But uh, they are the two leads. And I think they do fine. I think they do great. They're trying their best. They have fun dancing. They're both very pretty to look at. Um, and I think they do fine. It's a good movie. It has a very bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just the sucker. Uh, anyway, and this is, of course, Crazy X-Pod Friends, a show where we uh, watch and talk about every single episode of the greatest musical comedy television show of all time, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. The show is called Crazy Ex-Pod Friends, not because we are ex-friends, but because we used to have a podcast. We still do, but we used to too. Uh, I am one of your hosts, uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan, uh, and I'm just a poopy little slut who ruins things. And wants the world to burn. Beautiful callback. I am your co-person, Kat Scott, using them pronouns. Here I am again. Once again, torn into pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with us today, our first in-person get, our first in-person 
version of this show. We have not recorded in the same room, I don't think. No. Yeah. First, uh, so if the sound is bad, uh, shut up. And uh, joining us is our first in-person guest. Uh, welcome to the show, Hallie. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to be here. I did not ask you if you wanted any credits to introduce you. Didn't know if you wanted last name on mic. Didn't ask shit. Let's just keep it simple and just go with Hallie. Hallie. <laughs> I love that. At the end, we do like little plugs and stuff. So you can always just... You can always dox in. yourself at the end of the episode. Yeah. Here's my address. <laughs> here's my home Addie. Here's my Here's my four-digit pin. Yeah, why not? Here are the numbers on the bottom of my check. Or just identifiers, like what your sign is, like, sure, what, like sure. those things. Let's hear yeah, them. Let's though. go around the circle. Oh, we're doing them now. Yeah, we'll do our signs right now. Well... I am Sagittarius Sun, Sagittarius Rising, Cancer Moon. Wow. Yeah. Allie? I am a Capricorn Sun and a Sagittarius Moon and Rising. Hey! Which I think makes me the perfect person. (laughs) You can't get better than that. You can't. I am a Sagittarius. I don't know any more information than that. There's a lot of Sag. Yeah, a lot of Sag. A lot of Sag. Big fire sign. We kind of find each other, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. We're drawn to each other. Yeah. Um, Every time everyone... I don't know anything about horoscopes. uh, And every time everyone throws out, like, blanks are like blank. Sagittarius is, like, never mentioned. Am I wrong? I feel like I see all kinds of shit about Leos and Pisces and yeah. I've never seen anyone mention the Sagittarius. We just get before. we just get like two things, which is like, damn, you love to travel, and like, damn, you're really honest. Damn, I have never been anywhere, and I love to lie. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two things about me. Uh, those are my two favorite things: never leaving the country and telling falsehoods about myself. So maybe you leave the country all the time. What, I'll what never tell. <laughs> what should we believe? I, I'm a duplicitous man. You can never fucking pin me down. All men do is eat hot chip and lie. <laughs> that meme did not, uh, that's not one, that's not a tweet everyone knows. I okay. was just pissed that you took it away from bisexual women. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. All bisexual, all girls do be bisexual, charge their phone, eat hot chip, and lie. Yeah, that's Order McDonald's is in there as well. It's a very complex tweet. Yeah, that's the source document. So I was mad that you took it and assigned it to men when it was just like something simple that bisexual women could have. I am for bisexual erasure. We need to to get rid of people like me. I don't exist. And we'll get to that in the second episode. But right now we're talking about the first episode. That's true. They still, they're fucking like tantalizing. They're like tickling us about the getting by song. They just keep not oh, yeah, doing that's it. That's next episode, I think. They just keep not doing it. Um, speaking of bisexual erasure... That's two episodes. <laughs> I'm ready to get canceled. I'm just <laughs> Here we fucking go. Uh, my boyfriend doesn't exist. <laughs> well, it is about... Uh, my fucking bisexual... I'm about to erase my sexuals. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, for those listening, my boyfriend Yari has poison ivy right now. He's a poison ivy no. rash. And we're about to travel. And like... The U.S. declared, like, monkeypox, like, a national emergency, and I think the World Health Organization did, too. Like, it's a whole thing. And so he has this, like, visible rash that I'm hoping subsides before the trip, but I'm like, Yari, if someone comes up to you in the airport and asks about your sexual identity, you are... You're a straight man. You are a straight man. (laughs) I'm like, I don't care. 
They do not want the details. They do not need to know. Erase like, yourself for the greater good. Erase it. I'm like, I Put don't yourself back in the closet, babe. And this is one situation <laughs> where we must erase you. <laughs> and he was like, I understand. Because he's also so nice. Like, I can imagine them being like, hello, sir. Do you have any visible rashes? And he'll be like, well, actually, I do. And I'm like, do you, are, you, are you gay or bisexual? Well, actually, I am. Like, Going to his fucking birthday party the other day and just watching him, like, glad hand all the way around the party. He had nothing but nice things to say about, like, That's everyone I mean. there. I'm like, he I'm- will stop for two straight minutes and be like, this guy, you don't understand what's so great about this guy. Yeah, so I'm just like, I don't want Yara getting, like, detained. Like, <laughs> I can't deal with that. So. Your boyfriend's a flight risk because he just talks so much <laughs> to TSA. He's still They're like, what is he trying to hide? What is he covering for? Like, drawing all this attention to He himself. can't be this nice, you know? This uh, nefarious in some way. Yeah, you're a friend of the show. We're friends with all uh, domestic terrorists. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So, I don't know. Uh, let's, uh, Hallie, before we dive into these episodes, why don't you tell us about your history with this little show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Wow. Okay. Uh, so, Loaded question, I know. So I I think when this show first came out, I had no idea what it was. It was very unappealing to me in the fact that it was a network sitcom already, not something I typically would watch mm-hmm. or think I would enjoy. And I feel like it was really coming off of the, like, I might have the dates all wrong, so... If I do... I got him right here. I don't care. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, all right, I don't want to know. <laughs> like, don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me. I don't want to know facts. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have my version. <laughs> so... Taylor's version. I feel like it was really coming off of, like, Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope era. For sure. Which, you know... Not my thing. It has its place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, teach their own. But like, it was not. I feel like I associate with this very like you know liberal choice feminism. Mm-hmm. Not my scene. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of just assumed this show would be that because it was that time, and it's a. It, you, if you just see the ads, it's like this is a musical rom com. Like, how could it be anything but you right. know that? So. I was not super interested, and then I be- I was actually trying to think of how I got into it. I believe it was my film professor in wow. college who, like, just offhandedly, like, mentioned it, and she's like, it's a-, it's a genius show. It's so well done. It's, like, shockingly subversive and feminist. So I was like, I had no idea, and this is someone whose, you know, opinion I definitely really value, or valued, I, you know, value, I guess, still to this day, and um, so I-, I believe that's what made me check it out and I was shocked by what I saw like I was really stunned it shouldn't be it shouldn't have been as good as it is like I was just like this is incredible and so yeah so I watched this is I guess back in college uh watched the whole thing and I honestly haven't rewatched since then so this was a good opportunity to like revisit these episodes Absolutely. You're, yeah, they're revisiting these shows. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why I did a whole show about community. I'm like, I just want an excuse to watch one of my favorite shows all over again. Yeah. Um, and I've already watched this show this year uh, when I had the novel coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and I got to sit there and experience all this. I believe this was early day two of my COVID experience, just like doing nothing but watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, and this first episode we're going to talk about, I have a very distinct memory of watching this with you, Kat the first time that I experienced it. Um, Because this is like, this is after their winter break when like I'm caught up and now I'm proselytizing about the show. 
And I remember watching the text emergency episode, like on the couch of your parents' apartment in Clayton mm-hmm. and like just being curled up in a tense little ball on the couch. This, it was so stressful to me watching all of this unfold the first time. Yeah. I, these two episodes that, that makes sense. Cause I don't remember what was going on when I was watching it, but those, these two episodes are the ones that I most closely remember um, so far, like, up to this point, I've been like, yeah, it's familiar, but these two, there were, like, lines in it and, like, lyrics, but also just, like, pieces of it that were, like, way more, like, I remember this, like, pretty vividly as if I had watched it in the last few few years. Absolutely. These really stuck out. And, like, we had been, the last few batches of episodes, in my opinion, were not the show's strongest point, like, plot-wise or musically. And then these two are where, like, the back half of the season is, like, really starting to rock it out. And we are, like, actually advancing things in, like, the the Rebecca-Josh dynamic and Valencia's plot, because Valencia's really been sitting on the fucking uh, sidelines for, like, most of this season, you know? And we're, like, starting to actually, like, push these things forward. Um, you know, Greg is, is now he has his axes to grind. They just we're actually like we're seeing some nice like forward momentum, like I like out of a television show. Um, and anyway, this first episode is season one, episode eleven. Uh, that text was not meant for Josh, directed by Daisy von Schurler Meyer, uh, written by Elizabeth Kiernan Averick. Uh, in this episode, uh, Rebecca sends. Just the worst text message I've ever seen uh, that was meant for Paula to Josh. Uh, And then uh, concocts a sort of cockamamie scheme uh, to get the text off of Josh's phone. And then that, of course, spins out into uh, a hilarious uh, set of circumstances that just get, as the tension gets ratcheted up and ratcheted up. Uh, And at the same time, Paula and uh, her husband are actually trying to repair their marriage. And that is the big revelation of the episode to me. I am not a huge fan of, like, these very stock television and film characters who are like, I'm married, but I sure hate my life. I sure hate the person I'm married to. Um, And now Paula and Scott are, like, actually, like, they can be characters in a dynamic with each other. Um, And I appreciate that. It's nicer for me to watch. Anyway, thoughts on this episode? I didn't realize this was going to be the episode where you see Paul and her husband work through their marriage. And that was like one of my favorite parts of the entire first season. So I was so excited that that was in this. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just love Paula. I think she's hilarious and just an incredible performer. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Love the Apollo 13 shtick. I love any uh, Apollo 13 shtick. Yeah, that was, that was really funny. Big, big fan. Yeah, I agree. It was the, I thought the, the getting really hot for like the, the heist was like a really smart <laughs> choice and was like also definitely a highlight of the season for me. I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. And because the like, the like oh shit attacks that shouldn't have and now i have to find a way to break into it like those plots always get messy for me and i can't track them maybe it's like adhd but i'm just like i don't can't follow it so i feel like having this like like romantic 
part was a very exciting way to keep me into the story because the rest was yeah really stressful really stressful yeah. i also to me romance is doing a little caper and then eating burritos all on the counter before you fuck and that to me is romance yeah i love it i thought all of it all of it was really well done um and i think they pulled off something that could have been not funny and made it kind of funny to me which is doing the crazy ex-girlfriend as a monologue because that is something that theater teachers are always trying to get you to do they're always trying to get you to like say song lyrics say song lyrics and i was like wow this is the first time i haven't like been entirely cringing the whole time you know i love a london boy (laughs) i enjoy darling i fancy you um yeah no you're right that's an absolute theater teacher shit my first day of drama class ever they had us sing Hey There Delilah. Like, we didn't even act out Hey There Delilah. We're back to Delilah now. Yeah, we're back to fucking Delilah. <laughs> it happened to be, we sat there and acapella sang, in drama class, not choir class, drama class, sat there and sang Hey There Delilah in its entirety. Wow. I've always held a grudge against that song for that very reason. It's not the song's fault. I can't blame the plain white tees, but I choose to. <laughs> Uh, that's good. So I guess in this episode, there's something very important that we have to ask, that we have to like fully lay out on the table. Is it a text emergency? Is it a text catastrophe? <laughs> I forgot about Is that. Is it a message apocalypse, as suggested by the ghost of Steve Jobs? <laughs> I will say, <laughs> definitely not. That's one of my least favorite Crazy Ex-Girlfriend songs. Really? I yes. also don't like. I don't like uh, that kind of that comedic trope too the one where it's like it's this no it's this no it's this the back and forth it's kind of annoying wow. yeah i agree with that i also just hate the aesthetics of like 80s rock <laughs> so there's nothing about the song that it appeals just it's just aesthetically offensive to what me. about famed new york improv comedian jeff hiller uh, as the as the judge that didn't do anything for you he, he was fine okay. I, I have no problem with him <laughs> Taking it up with, I'm trying to start beef. I'm trying to start shit. I fucking hate that. I guy. fucking hate Jeff Hiller. It's on site. His on cameo site. on Thirty Rock fucking sucked. <laughs> what was the button of this episode? Because was he? I remember he was. He, he was in the judges' chambers. Like, why did you approve a police escort for this? That was good. And he's like, I love my wife forever. <laughs> he's funny. Yeah. I also hate Steve Jobs. You hate Steve Jobs. I hate Steve Jobs. The appearance in this episode? or I think it worked because they say, get out of here, Steve Jobs, which is what I've been trying to get Steve Jobs out of. It, he ruined... Understand that, like, a person's legacy is not necessarily their fault. But, like, he's one of the people that kind of ended up ruining society and making, like, celebrity CEOs like a thing. Like, we don't fucking get all the... Think of all the people in the wake of Steve Jobs who have become, like, black turtleneck TED Talkers as, like, their mode of CEO. And, like, forming... I know that he did not invent cults of personality, but, like, making a celebrity CEO something that you could be is, like, one of the most nefarious things that has happened to American culture in a long, long time. And uh, it's uh, gross, and it's his fault. I do see that. I feel like if you shaved Bill Gates' head, Elon Musk's head, 
uh, put Jeffrey Bezos and put all of them in a black turtleneck next to Steve Jobs, I think I would have a hard time in a lineup picking which one was Steve Exactly, Jobs. because they are all a direct lineage of this fucker uh, who decided he was, like, the center of attention. Uh, the iPod was fine, I guess, but, like, it's not like he was coding the iPod. He just had the idea and was like, now go make this. <laughs> Someone else go make this, please. Um, Did so, you see this? The Was it a Sorkin movie? There, Yeah, there were two that came out very close to each other. There was uh, the movie where uh, he played, it was played by Ashton Kutcher, uh, also featuring Josh Gad, and then there was the Sorkin script that Danny Boyle directed, where it was uh, Michael Fassbender and Seth Rogen. That's the one uh, I saw. Were our leads. I have not seen either because I hate Steve Jobs. I don't want to learn more about him. I don't want to feel sympathy for him. I'm fine living my life that way. How did you feel about Steve Jobs in this episode? <laughs> or in life. Or in, or in death. I mean, I just, that whole song, it just really doesn't tickle my fancy <laughs> i don't know why i said that but um and now i'm like nervous about performing like on the podcast i'm sorry don't You're be doing great yeah, but um yeah uh i so that moment was just part of the song that i don't mm-hmm. like but i do i mean you know i love the like i like that it's ridiculous like all of the show i guess like to have like a ridiculous cameo like that yeah. but it's not a doesn't do it for me I like the uh, comedic trope of omniscient singing narrators commenting on the exact events that are unfolding. I like when they're like, check under the mat, you know, or like, check the Buddha sconce, check the Buddha sconce. That's yeah, funny to me. That's good. That was yeah. hidden. And let me tell you, on day two of near-death COVID, that was fucking getting me. This song made more sense than anything I had ever seen. I was a fucking delirious. And I was like, I remembered hating it the first time. I was like, this song doesn't do anything for me. And now in a post-COVID, I don't know, maybe the near-death experience. was mid-COVID. You were mid-COVID experience. I was was mid-COVID. And like day one, day two of COVID, I was like, with, it was not good. With, I went to... <laughs> yeah, two years of foreplay leading up to COVID, too. You had two years yes. of societal foreplay. Yes. And now you were, like, two days mid-COVID. So and like then... And then... So, under that exact set of circumstances, text emergency was, like, a, a song <laughs> miracle that happened to me. <laughs> I need to watch it in, like, a feverish state. Yeah, I think it would help a lot. I think it would help a lot. Maybe do some shrooms and then revisit that. In... <laughs> In that situation, it might scare me. Microdose. My, my <laughs> if, if, if I was watching TV and hair metal guys were singing about what was happening to me, I think I would like kill myself on the spot. I, I, would, I would not be able to process that. Whatever the opposite of ego death is, like I become too aware of like, myself. Like. I, instead of seeing myself as small, I now see myself as the biggest thing that has ever existed. <laughs> Oh, this episode's good. It is predicated on Josh being very dumb. Like, yeah. Josh Chan... They went full dumb Josh for this he, episode. He has this sort of elastic intelligence that many dumb guy characters on TV do, uh, where sometimes they seem very lucid, and sometimes you're surprised how they, like, tied their shoes in the morning. Um, and he's, you know, he's a very trusting, nice guy who's just going along with this ridiculous uh, lie until the very end where he's like, Rock, 
go here. <laughs> rock, rock look like other rock. Um, but it's killing. And then we the do have to Encyclopedia definition of rock. I thought that was funny. That was a funny bit to continue throughout the episode. <laughs> Of like, if you Googled a rock, it would... This, this is, is the, the picture of a rock I think like. when it was like Paula and husband, I think that's when it was funniest, but... I For did, sure. Yeah. They're a great comedic pair that we get to keep yeah, bouncing off I'm of. I'm so glad that they're funny together now. Yes. That they're not just like, oh, I hate my wife. Yeah. <laughs> my great character. I love Icky. this. I also liked the way they handled like, I almost cheated on you. And it's like, yeah, I almost cheated. I feel like it was like a realistic... Like it, I don't know. It that was, they could only it reach nice. at that emotional place. Yeah. Where like we have healed enough emotionally in this one evening that like we can talk about this. And the fact that it was happening to both of us is like, wow, yeah, something was really wrong here. Yeah. It's a moment of realization. Cool. It's nice. Cool. I don't like um, the yeah the sort of like dude where's my car vibe of i don't know, even remember that movie but just like just like, i really want to know where you're going with this I, I hate the dude where's my car vibe of i get a tattoo that says sweet and my friend get a tattoo that says dude i, I hate that vibe no I, I guess i just mean the vibe of like uh, I need to go to the place to delete the number, and then you need to be here at this time. Very and where's, contrived and television. And where's the this? And mm-hmm. how do I get to the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to track. It's a very, way. like, sitcom-y plot. It's one of the most sitcom-y plots that this show will, like, ever do, is, like, I sent the wrong text to the wrong person! Yeah. Uh, which also, you know, an experience from at least my life. Possibly all of our lives. I yeah. Don't know. Do you? Do you, I'm actually realize I was gonna ask if if anybody has a story of sending the wrong text to the wrong person, but I think I've suppressed all of my worst examples. <sighs> my worst like I've moments. been trying to conjure them up for a few minutes, and I can't. I do have one. I, I have one that has stuck out for me. Another high school story. We're telling high school stories. Um, there was this. Um, uh, young lady in the theater department. We were both in the theater department, both in choir, you know, classic story. And I was uh, just in love with her. And I and I just wanted to be with her so What's badly. What's her first and last name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melinda Real Woman. And, um, <laughs> and I was just like so, so into her. And I like, you know, texted her all the time. I was annoying. It was not like, it was not a good look. Well, I was high very school, insecure. It's, it's very, yeah. And like, who's going to teach me proper behavior? Yeah. And, um, and anyway, and I was also at this time, like, very Christian, very involved in my church. You were very Christian. You didn't know that. I did not know this oh, part I was, about you. Yeah, for sure. I was very youth group Christian. Wow. Okay. And we, she was uh, Mormon. We need to talk. And about so, this. in in Christian circles, that's like fucking Montagues and Capulets, like yeah. <laughs> which only made it better, right? Uh, this romance uh, that never happened, uh, and because she wasn't interested, and there was this one time. Where I was like, you know what? I need to, like, respect myself. And I need to be done. And it was after, like, a conversation that uh, myself and Melinda Real Woman had just had. And this was at the time I had a Moto Razor, of course, using T9. The famous T9. It was just gray. I was was a boy. Um, My phone was gray. I had a pink one. What? I had a pink one. Today I would get a pink Moto Razor. But at the time I was a teenage young man, I had a a gray Moto Razor. 
Um, one could generously call it silver, it was gray. And um, I sent this multi-part text message because at that time, if your text message was long enough, right. they'd cut it in half. I'm just for our, our young listening audience. You never know what these <laughs> yeah, of course. children don't know. Yeah, you would get a, I, you would get a you would get a, like a one of two, and then you would get a yes, two of two. Exactly. Yeah. But at this time, there was you couldn't send a text over a certain amount of words. Yeah. And so I typed up this message in one message, hit send, and a second message and hit send. Now the second message went to the person that it was supposed to go to. My friend who I was like, you know what, who had been, you know, on my sidelines this whole time. And I was like, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm done with this. She's trying to convert me. Like it was, it was shitty. It sucked. Yeah. And she wasn't like, that's, that was not part of the, the exchange. I was being a, a weird, shitty Christian teenager. And that part went to the right person. But the first part went to Melinda real woman. Um, and, uh, I, I just, uh, tried to lie, did that thing I love to do and lie uh, and it didn't work, obviously. Uh, she knew what I was saying and to who and, and was in on the whole thing. Uh, so, and, and sometimes I stay up awake at night thinking about that. <laughs> Still haunts me a bit to this day. Well, I hope you relieved some of it by sharing it with all of our yeah. readers. Was that the end of the friendship or? No, because she was very nice and she Aww. like kept going through, through all of it. It's not like we talk, you know, anymore now or anything like that, but she was, um, extraordinarily mature about it and uh i wasn't yeah so good on melinda real woman she's married now i don't know if she has children but she's mormon so odds are good (laughs) i have like i just remembered one and it wasn't one that i sent but it was one i received that was just ha 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 (laughs) no i would never date cat um, oh. <laughs> and luckily it was someone who I was very much not interested in dating either oh. and was a good friend of mine. And I was like, well, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> and I was still like a little hurt. It was like, a, well, I want to at least be invited, even though I'm not available that day. <laughs> like it was that like, well, I want to be invited to your party, even though I'm not going to go to your party. I but want I you to invited. want to date me, even though yeah. I don't want to date you. I want you to think I'm hot and dateable. But and you got I those also... ha-has. You were texting the freaking Joker. Yeah, it was a lot of fucking... It was a whole string of ha-has. Because <laughs> at that point, you were, like, in text. Now we're breaking down for our young listeners our young the, di- the different, like culture of texting and how it's evolved but yeah. there was a period of time when lol and lmfao was like used too much and like rafflecopter and so people would really have to like distinguish like if they were actually laughing hard and long and so that would be communicated through like lots and lots of hahas. yes so you had to really distinguish and, and a then- haha was different than a hee Hehe and haha. Hehe was a little more mischievous. <laughs> haha was. <laughs> he was like a little like like mischievous or maybe even flirty. Like yeah. I like you, hehe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what if the message had said hehe? <laughs> would have reported them to the authorities. No, because that means that that Reese Reese. Uh, what's his last name? Real boy. Real boy. Okay. Real boy. Um, do not dox Reese. <laughs> do not do it. He was such a good friend of mine too. I'm glad I can't remember. Right now. 
I have that experience all the time now where I'm like, this is a person I used to see every day for four years. What the fuck is their name? I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to say it's Reese, but actually his name isn't Reese. Um. <laughs> but it's, but it, it, for the sake of for the sake of what we're doing, it's Reese. No, I just remembered it's actually not Reese. <laughs> Which works best for the pod. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, he's in the military now, flying wow. planes. So. Saying haha I don't <laughs> to, to all the people he's exploded. But if he had said he he he, I, that would have meant that he was flirting with the person that he was yeah. sending the text to, which is my oh. friend John, who was trying to John. Oh. I can openly use your name. Um, John was trying to. I think John was like, "Would like, w- can I go for cat or like, do you like cat?" And the response was ha 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 ha. I would never date cat. That was John trying to suss it out. We mm. like connected the dots later. Now John is a straight man still, and I am no longer a straight cisgender woman. Mm. Uh, so he is no longer in the. He's not hurt by. It would not work out. Yeah, it wouldn't work out. <laughs> but I think it, about it, and John, you know, if you ever went queer, I'm, I'm John, waiting. friend of the pod, come yeah. on the show. Tell your side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Reveal the full text exchange. <laughs> Please. Fucking is... Alex Jones released the documents. <laughs> Send you the fucking text of the wrong lawyer. There's a small part of me, though, that wants this pod to be like a sleepless in Seattle for John and be like, hey, John, if you are queer, like, I'm waiting for you over here in Brooklyn. I just rewatched that movie and I think he calls Delilah in that movie. What is going on with Delilah? <laughs> what is the energy here? I think he calls, or, or it is a Delilah esque figure. Referencing. Yeah. That. It is uh, Delilah and everything but the name. I can't remember who he, what radio show the young boy calls in Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, really good movie. Just in case anybody needs fun. Nora Ephron. Right? Nora Ephron. Because you, you were revisiting Nora Ephron because you were writing a because I a rom com script that I finished on Saturday. Congratulations. First draft, nice. and we're gonna do another draft or this month, and then we'll send it off for notes uh, while I am in Salt Lake City filming something. And with um, the Mormons. Yeah, with the Mormons. Mormon. Yeah. With the Mormon. I don't know if there will be any Mormons involved, actually. There are a lot of callbacks in this pod. We're doing great. This yeah. is a good, <laughs> this is a good podcast. Uh, well, Hallie, before we move on, do you want to share any embarrassing texting stories? I don't have any, like, really fun, juicy ones. Okay. I mean, I could lie. <laughs> that would help. Kevin this loves about to lie. lie. That would make better No, you don't have to. No, podcast. no, no. It's good. It's I did one time. This is such a non-story, but I'll tell it anyway. Uh, this was back when Snapchat was a popular form of communication. Mm, yes. Instead of now, where it's just a facility to send nudes. And um, I think that's how it started. And I guess maybe it's come back to that. Oh, it's gone circle. back to its roots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I sent once to the person I was talking about. I said the the message. It was like just some selfie, but the text on it was like, "I don't know if we're really friends." Oof. But I meant to send it about the person yeah. to someone else, but then I sent it to the very person I was wow. speaking about. And the thing is, it was more of like a genuine like question of like, I don't know if we're really friends. Yeah. It's not like a, I don't want to be friends. Or just, I don't know if we're really friends because we were talking about that person, but then I sent it to them. Oh, shit. And they, they just kind of laughed off as a joke, uh-huh. which was fine. And I think ultimately we were friends. 
Wow. <laughs> looking, Good. looking back on it, yeah. answering my own question. Wow. I, I think I've All suppressed closure. I think yeah. I've suppressed one memory of sending a screenshot of a text conversation to <gasps> the person. Yeah, but I thought of a really that's good the worst. one. Yeah, I, but I don't know who it was, and I don't remember when. And I'm grateful for that, and I don't need to talk about it in therapy tomorrow with Abby. I just thought of a Dear really Abby. good one. But it, it's this one is actually embarrassing. I did like block it out. Yeah, like you're saying, oh, I would block these out. This one I block out, but it is very. This one is juicy. I'm not making it up. But I'm also forgetting some details. Okay. So maybe some of it will be. Hear it. So, I in my in my former life as a journalist, I was um, working on something where I was texting with an FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. Wait, that's so cool. And so she texts me. Like, Go after so Trump, I have her LOL. contact or something that just says like, you know, her name and then like FBI or something Hi. like that. that do you, so I screenshot it and go to send it to my friend with simply the caption hot or so hot or something. Yeah. I send it to the FBI agent. Just so hot. <laughs> and a screenshot of her text. <laughs> and then we proceeded to be like on a set all a shoot like oh it was an God. interview all day together. And she texts me back just like ha 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 that's so funny. I have a good story to tell you. And then later she tells me a story of like sending a text to some like a story like this very episode of crazy ex-girlfriend sending a text to someone that it wasn't meant for so she completely related to the experience and thought it was very funny but i did say that's hot or so hot to an fbi agent (laughs) about themselves about themselves Um, the feds are our friends yeah i mean yeah we love the fbi (laughs) and we love what they do for us and everything about them and if we ever talk shit about cops we're kidding we're joking yeah this this was um you know this FBI agent was a true uh, ally, a true, <laughs> true comrade um, to me. So, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, before we move on from this little episode, we do have to talk about a musical number from this episode. Yeah. The one we have not really discussed, which is one of the signature numbers of the entire show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, you ruined everything, you Such stupid a great bitch. One. Such a great number. Really simple, like, I'm always, you know, mounting these music videos, I think, is a uh, subtly, really difficult set of decisions that you have to make, where it's like, okay, where is this set? So, like, okay, text emergency, we don't need to do anything special. They're in the law office. Or a lot of these are just like, they're in the bar. Or or something to that effect, right? But, like, the the void that they create here for this, like, you know, very... Uh, Barbara, Liza kind of backdrop and the the dress is great. The chandelier of broken shards of glass Mm. I think is just like just a really exquisite touch. Uh, The piano player that's like distant in the background. It's just like a really good recreation of like a a 70s song special that you would watch you know in primetime like Liza with a Z or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just really well done. Of course, Rachel uh, kills both the vocal performance and the the lyrics of the song. Um, but it's just, it's remarkably well done. It's become an anthem of, I mean, stupid bitches everywhere. We've all felt like that. Yeah, I. it reminds me of when we watch. Also, you just reminded me that the 
episode, sorry to be like anachronistic, but the beginning of the episode, I think was a really strong open of like fucking up and then being like, Oh no, you need to deal with it. Everyone jumping to her. That's a great bit. Like that is, that is fantastic. And I think that, peak energy it's a good lesson to all you improvisers out there is that often the funniest choice you can make is to be really on board with what the other person just did yes comma and write that down everyone um but what i was going to say was this is this song is one of those songs there's music outside if you can't hear it It, they definitely heard it (laughs) (laughs) um is one of those songs that gets stuck in your head when you're mad at yourself or like being hard on yourself or maybe this is just for people who are <laughs> neurodivergent like me um <laughs> but when you're yeah when you've like fucked up or something and you're like ruined everything and the equivalent of those is when we watched all that jazz the goodbye song when he's like bye bye life bye bye happiness hello loneliness i think i'm gonna die bye bye my life goodbye that and then the song from godspell whenever i'm minorly inconvenienced gets stuck in my head of jesus on the cross saying (laughs) oh god i'm dying whenever whenever anything like little like i stub my toe i spill a glass it's just oh god i'm dying and so this song is in the canon of of being hard on myself and dramatic. <laughs> I also love just the little throwaway line of like, and you can lose some weight when she like. And lose a, some We did talk weight. about that. I like last that pod, right? Yeah, her, um, the, the subject of specifically Rebecca's weight, but you know, one could extrapolate it to, to Rachel Bloom's weight, comes up a lot on this show. It's a common, sure. it's a common refrain. But so like, I mean, uh, of course, like, when you're being, like, very self-deprecating, I think, yeah. especially, like, as, as a woman, it immediately comes to, like, your physical appearance. That's, like, right to the heart of it, you 100%. know? It's, like, so much of our value, our worth is tied to how we look. So I just love how, like, that's inserted even when... Just as a little slight. On top of everything else, you could also stand On top stand of everything, seat. yeah. Which I joke that... I mean, that's, like, a common, like, self-deprecating thing I say. Like, I try to joke about it, but it's, like, if something inconveniences me, I'm, like, oh, and to top it off. Like, <laughs> to top it off. Anyway. And also this. Yeah. Um, even this I get to experience. And, um, and I love the little refrain that she tosses off at the beginning of it. It's, like... Uh, we're here again, aren't we? Like, you guys know this song, and like we've done this a thousand times before, yeah. and we'll do it again. Um, it's just like a really, it's just a signature number. Everyone go look it up on YouTube right now. It's either at the beginning or end of this episode, you know, because I love using copyrighted music. Who's going to who's gonna stop me? Um, it's just really, just really well done. I just think they did a great job. Uh, and let's let's talk about the next one. Actually, um, do you mind if we pause? Because now that we're all in the same space, you can like hear if I flush the toilet. So we do have to pause when I go use the restroom. Okay, for sure. Because I can't mute now because I'm in the same room. So if I like the flush room. the toilet, even if I like snuck away while you're talking, I you do still think if you went in my room, closed both doors. I don't know. I don't think we'd hear the toilet. I don't actually have pee anxiety like a lot of my friends do. Like, I don't mind if people can hear Mm -hmm. me pee. Oh, we'll hear the stream, but we won't hear the (laughs) fuck. I don't really... I think you're good. Okay. Just don't flush. Simple as that. Just don't flush. If it's number one. 
Yeah. Are we talking? What, what kind of situation are we talking about here? I'm There's not, a candle lit in the bathroom right now. You no, know, I didn't know for exactly about this contingency. Your secret girlfriend, and I'm not going to tell you about what bowel movement I'm going to make. You know? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, secret girlfriend. I believe was pre-recording. I do not currently have a secret uh, girlfriend for all you out there in listener land. DMs are open. I will say something that came up earlier about. It hard to follow like little schemes. I also don't like little schemes in shows. Yeah. You know, like what Kat was saying about like the whole plot to get the phone and this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that I can't follow it, but it doesn't Doesn't grab me. you. It doesn't yeah. excite me. I feel I I would rather I'd rather two people just having a chat. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather just images, you know? A woman looking out a window, tears down her cheek. That's what I'd rather watch. Experiencing no schemes. But especially, like, you know, I've tried watching The Sopranos um, twice. Both serious wow. boyfriends I've had. So, first serious boyfriend, second. Try watching The Sopranos both times. So it goes. And boys be watching the Sopranos. Boys be watching. <laughs> Let's generalize about men. They all love the Sopranos. <laughs> they all love the Sopranos. They should have had that line. That'd be good. <laughs> In anyway. the generalize about men zone. Yeah. They all love the Sopranos are good fellas. Yeah. But, sorry, the good fellas thing distracted me. Because so I sorry. think the biggest fight Yari and I ever had was about good fellas. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part is, wait, the Yari, you're not wait, Italian. The kicker is. I hadn't even seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you little stinker. You do like schemes. Yeah. No, well, it was kind of about that, why I hadn't seen it. Anyway, but to get to this. I hate Italians. Exactly. Prejudice against Italians. Um, the Swifties and the Italians. Are, the are, Italian Swifties. Oh, my God. If, <laughs> Italian Swiftie is the most powerful person They're you've com- ever met. coming through my head. Life. <laughs> but um I freaking love a red <laughs> it's most, my favorite album <laughs> the most marginalized <laughs> there's no more persecuted <laughs> member of our society than an Italian Swifty <laughs> uh, I like uh, the pasta ragu <laughs> I like the dear John absolutely 100% but um yeah so the Sopranos oh like the the show is hard for me to get through when they're sitting in the strip club. A lot of little schemes. Just talking about their little schemes. They I'm do have like, a lot of little schemes. They're just like a bunch of guys sitting around and we're doing this and then you get the truck and then we get the phone and then this and this. And also it's also like dated now because we just have the internet. So like all of these schemes wouldn't even matter. Don't like, ever talking about Google. You just, you just buy all this. You're going to Google that for me. On the dark web. Not even the dark web. But, <laughs> the um, regular web. Ask Bezos. Bezos is the real gangster. But yeah, just little schemes I do like. It it does not bring me joy the way other aspects of film and TV. You don't like little schemes? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm too far away from the mic. I don't even know if the phrase I was trying to use was uh, little schemes as I was. It is now. (laughs) You're fucking married to it now. As I was peeing, I was trying to like think of a better term. What do I mean? It's like. Like I like ski. Like I like what Paula and her husband were doing. It's fun. Like I like that kind of scheming. That's closer to a woman looking out a window crying, in my opinion. Like there's <laughs> there's real emotional depth there. All right, so that is at one end of the of the spectrum. What is like the most scheme? I guess what I is like the I highest the level of scheme. The Sopranos is the most scheme. I guess I don't like except for the therapist scheme. I don't like the farce and like the cops are on Sopranos their way. Sopranos therapist supercut. 1080p. <laughs> yeah. 
The cops. Like cops showing up. Bringing like, in that cop from crack.com. Or like, oh no, but the cops are coming. Oh no, but you didn't hide the thing and someone's in the closet. I guess like the like, somebody's in the closet and you're going to find out and someone's mm. under the bed and da, da, da. like that yeah. sort of suspense building isn't really my bit. Yeah, for sure. If it's done really well, then I do think that is something that can just be truly remarkable in a noises off type scenario, right? Where it's like, look at all these different moving pieces and especially like on the stage where they have to do the pieces in real time and they're like, you know, dropping axes into each other's hands and shit like that. Like all that is really impressive, but I am annoyed at low level sitcom schemes um, as well. I don't, I'm not pro scheme. Okay. I just think a good scheme. Yeah. It's hard to pull off a good scheme and like, don't do it if you don't know it's going to be good. Yeah. Listen, I also think the Paula stuff works so well in this episode because she's kind of like a stand-in for like the audience, like her and her husband are, which I think is also why the like saying the words of the theme song works so well because it's like, you know, they're getting so much pleasure out of this like disturbing, you know, horrifying romance in quotes for those who can't see I'm doing scare quotes. Yeah, so it's like we're kind of... We're watching it too, you know, with this horrifying thing happened and taking so much like pleasure in it. And so it's like seeing Paul and her husband do that. It's like we, re- we relate to them, you know, they're doing sure. what we're doing. Inside of both, all of us, there are two wolves, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the wolves are Paula and Scott. I had a last, we always have three last thoughts about things, but <laughs> what, like, my last, I guess, question is was there anything like, There was something, like, icky and familiar about, like, Greg's little, like, my girlfriend. Here I am, sweeping up your class. Yeah, like, uh, my girlfriend's 30 feet the other way, and I'm here. I don't know. It, like, reminded me of some dynamic in my life that I, like, cannot remember. And it just, like, did not sit well, and I didn't know if it was, like, a familiar feeling or if it's I did appreciate how he does put it on himself. You know what I mean? He's like, I made a choice, and I'm making the wrong choice, and I need to stop making this choice. Yeah, just, like, the toxic match, but, like, keeps coming back together. An important podcast question that we have not asked you, that all guests must weigh in on. Um, (laughs) Is Greg hot? (laughs) Um, Greg. Original Greg or second Greg? First Greg, current Greg. Uh, is Greg, not necessarily is Santino Fontana hot. Is Greg hot? Is Greg hot? Greg is hot when he sings subtle for me. Goddamn right he is. That's the right answer. When he's singing, he's very hot, right? Yes. Sometimes, that, you know, I tried to turn on the light. It was too much light. It was too bright. Changed my mind about the light. Okay, thank you for weighing in. I think Greg is very hot. But I also, like, again, imprinted on him as a young man, like a baby duck or a twilight werewolf. Um, was this in your COVID fever state? No, this or? was back in 2015 when the show was, oh, okay, it was, okay. was on. in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Because you like that, we, we've talked about it on the pod, you like that sort of, like... Love a surly bartender. Like, alcoholic, but, like, with a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, okay. I love an alcoholic with a heart of gold. I love a surly bartender, you know... Uh, it doesn't really mean I love a Sam Malone from Cheers. I love a Jennifer Connelly from Top Gun Maverick. I love them all. Um, anyway. How do you feel about Nick in New Girl? That, that was, yeah, we've talked about I'm that. very into it. I'm very on board. I mean, one, he's very, very funny, which of course helps. Uh, but no, he's, he's hot. I'm There's sorry. There's one image. I, it's like, I feel like it's, um, 
If you don't stop being so mean to me, I swear to God I'm going to fall in love with you. Oh, yeah. It's one of the funniest things. I think it's like, it's one of those seasons where they like change the intro. So maybe season three. And instead of the normal intro, it's just like these little like pictures of each of the cast. Yeah. But there's one of Nick and he has his like hands under his armpits. And like that picture, every time it would come up, I'd be like, I like can't look at I can't look at it directly. It's too powerful. It was too powerful. Like that is a hot picture. I it's can't hot explain picture. why. You have to look at it later. Okay, I will. We'll, we'll You'll throw know on, immediately we'll throw on some which one I'm talking. I'll throw on the second new girl. You know what? We have the technology. <laughs> why? Why is he touching his armpits like that? All right, hold on. Who is your bisexual awakening, Kevin? Uh, the professional male wrestlers of the WWE. Right, right, right. Uh, new girl. Uh, it might be like season three. New like intro. It, yeah. Oh, here we go. We Where it's all the pictures. We got some images. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Wait, wait, wait. Watch. There. Oh, shit. Do you oh, see? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I've been fucking Jesus. And you, and it's like it like flashes, and you're like, yeah. I, the last, the yeah. last time I had an experience like that with just like one singular image was when I don't even remember the title of this show. HBO had some show with Katherine Hahn, and there's this one oh, image so of hot. her in bed, like mussing up her own hair, and it was on Miss Fletcher. And it was on so many, like, buses. And I'd be walking down the... You know, I'd be doing my second job, like, dog walking. And then one of those buses would go by and I'd just, like, have a fucking heart attack on the street. It's too powerful. You see this image? Catherine Hahn is, like, peak MILF for me. And I actually watched that whole series in, like, one watch. And I cannot tell you what it's about because I watched it all at once. I think she's a teacher? Yeah, or, like, a mom that's, like, trying to have a second wave of, of horny I don't know it's really great mom with a I love, wait is this uh, the image the yeah. horniness second wave now imagine that just like going by on a taxi cab <laughs> and you're not I've expecting it you did not that. have any build up it just like goes straight past you and you just I I love Catherine Hahn so much it's too powerful she's so great I think about her a lot that is one of the good things that Parks and Rec did for us was popularized Catherine Hahn I, I don't remember her. No- oh, yes, I do. She's yes, Jennifer something. Yeah. Uh, she was a powerful lawyer. That was... Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, you're, since... into, you're into power... We've, we've talked about it. I love, a, I love a powerful, opinionated, dominant woman. Yeah, I would love nothing lawyer. more than to be the kept man of a, of a fancy female lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were... We... I don't have... I mean, that... I don't have a type, but if I did, that would be my We're type. trying to source them and, like, listeners in, like, White Plains or, like, Hudson. Someone who can, like, oh, take... Yeah. Can we get up someone up in Peekskill, yeah. you know? <laughs> someone who can, like, take Kevin to a house where he can be a cup man. Where I can make my little projects. Yeah. Make three meals a day. Yeah. Um, yeah, essentially. Um, that, again, if anyone out there can hook me up with that kind of situation... Uh, DMs are open. Uh, let's see. So let's let's move on to the second episode we have to talk about, shall we? Um, season one, episode twelve. Josh and I work on a case. Uh, writ- uh, directed by Stephen Sushita, written by Rachel Bloom and Aline Broch McKenna. The the fucking creators and showrunners wrote this one. Uh, in order to get back into uh, Josh's good graces. Uh, Paula and Rebecca begin working up a scheme to get him involved in a legal case 
when they accidentally stumble on, like, a real uh, situation that he's in the middle of um, as they begin uh, litigating the lack of hot water in Josh's apartment building. Uh, while all this time, Rebecca has made a fake boyfriend named Trent, and uh, then he shows up for real. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's good. So... Uh, highlight of this episode for me simply has to be the Music Man number. I love a Music Man. Uh, and, uh, Cold Water, or Cold Showers. It's a, it's a fun little number. You get the whole company involved. You have people, uh, chanting the word crack. Um, and it's good. Yeah, that was a highlight for me too, was that song. No hot water, which means cold showers. Next yeah. thing you know, your kids will be on crack. Because I saw, I saw the Hugh Jackman Music Man recently. You saw the Hugh Jackman Music Man. Yeah, I did. He dad. was great, right? He was actually a delight. Yeah, yeah he was. Of course, he was. He's, he's really. I, I, I went in it being like, ugh, I can't believe it. I'm seeing such a white Broadway show right now, and there's so much hullabaloo about blah, 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 blah. And I went in, and then uh, unfortunately, like. Unfortunately, he killed. And then Sutton Foster, I was like, wow, like, marrying the librarian can be funny and charming. And then I was like, and he's. And Hugh Jackman is like, yeah, it's still unbelievably hot. Like, I had him up on my vision board of uh my vision board being a powerpoint called when i figured out i wasn't straight and one of the images is of him in uh boy from oz in like the gold pants when i guess he was on broadway i never saw it but i watched youtube the same youtube clip over and over when i thought i was straight of him in that and that was definitely a queer root of mine so to see him actually on broadway was like whoa a delight so hot so, Sad yeah. but true. <laughs> so I enjoyed this number for that reason. Um, I've seen shitty music mans with, like, not very well. With non-Hugh Jackman. Yeah, and uh, that number did not slap quite. You did not have Hugh Jackman's huge actin. I see what you did there. That could be a song. Thank you. And I'll make it one, goddammit. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, do you, wait, so does... Does Rachel not write every episode? She's not. I uh, So television writing is always like a persnickety business because one person gets credited for it, even though it is an entire room of people working collaboratively to break stories, revise scripts. But uh, generally one or two people are assigned as the writer. They're the primary writer and then they end up getting credit for it no matter what happens. Um, and, uh, but I'm always interested in the multiple television show based podcasts that I've done, like what episodes do the creator showrunners, like here you have, uh, Aline Brosh McKenna and, and Rachel Bloom, which ones do they assign their names to that they took a certain amount of ownership over? And I think it's interesting that this is one of them. Um, and I don't know what that means, uh, in this context, but it's gotta mean something. Yeah. It just, yeah, it made me wonder about the episode before where I had qualms about the, the little schemes. About and the little then... schemes. No, but this one, this is also a little scheme. This one's a little scheme, but it's better. And so mm. it's like a disguised little scheme and more fleshed out. And that makes sense that it's because they were writers or head writers. Or yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, they're anti-scheme writers. <laughs> they, they hate a scheme. Uh, and they, and they, they love to write some good character drama. Uh, as we get the very slow unfurling of Daryl's sexuality. Uh, 
so uh, good. It's very fun. The the Mambo class where he's looking at all the different butts and you know just realizing that you like to look at different kinds of butts is like it's just such a crucial moment in one sexual awakening. Absolutely, that was big for me too. Yeah, because I'm more of a, a butt person, I think, and so I think when I really tried to like focus in, and everybody on has one. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Opinions are like assholes, and everybody's got one. <laughs> and they all stink. Everybody poops. <laughs> that was a good book. Did you ever read that book? Yeah, that shit was lit. Five stars on Goodreads literal, for fucking everything. Literal lit shit. That sh- that poop slapped. Ha 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 ha. Wow, that's a fucking wow. You really liked that. Sending such a forceful text message about that. <laughs> if it's if it's ha ha, that is someone I think. At least, perhaps speaking from experience, that's you trying to hide legitimate feelings behind. <laughs> what if I said it as a joke? Um, uh-huh, but JK, JK, unless. JK, unless. <laughs> uh, yeah, throwing a lull on there to hide my own uh, emotional <laughs> unavailability. And uh, But once you, the more ha-has you get, the more it seems like someone is actually laughing. Yeah, I, an LOL still, after all these years, 15 years maybe of LOLs. Uh, after all these years, all these lols, all these lols, <laughs> all the lols we've shared, a lowercase l o l still gives me incredible anxiety mm. and and fear that um triggered I'm, by lol, I'm bad and not funny, and so if I I've always read lol as sarcastic. Yeah, and just, like... Always. There's a lot of, like, cool queer people who text with, like, writing lol at the end of, like, everything they say. As if it's, like, a period. so cool. As if it's, like, a period. At the end of a lot of text. Yeah, and those, uh, it really makes me question myself. (laughs) Those are fucking daggers at the end of a... I'll never text you a lol, A lol ever again. I used to actually ask people when I, like, 7th through 10th grade if I was flirt if i was in like a flirtation situation flirtationship with them i would ask them like please don't text me lol you know what i've asked not to be text mm-hmm yeah oh. mm-hmm. it's a good boundary it sounds I've, i have the same thing if i'm like especially a romantic partner never text me mm-hmm. and also don't say mm-hmm to me in person mm-hmm. i think that kind of goes without saying that it's kind of rude like mm-hmm. this, this always isn't my, my southern jumps out i'm like you say yes ma'am <laughs> <laughs> you be a proper gentleman uh mm-hmm does always sound like it's being said while you're like reading a newspaper and not listening you yeah. know like mm-hmm sounds just... like I am typing and not paying attention to what you're saying. I don't trust it. It rubs me the wrong way. So, yeah, that's my request. We're anti-mm-hmm here. Cis men are not allowed to say to me ever, chill. They can't. And unfortunately, like, I will be irrational about it. Like, it could be any normal situation. You will not be chill about it. Like, well, I will, in a chill way... (laughs) completely cut them out of my life. <laughs> That's so chill. Like, That's so fucking relaxed, dude. <laughs> that is the most Sagittarius thing I could say. Like, with a cool head, I will say. <laughs> with the clear eyes of John Wayne Gacy, I will cut them out of my life. I will say never again, and um, we can't talk, and that's <laughs> my boundary. So yeah, I don't think you've ever told me to chill, which is no. why we're still I learned that lesson a long time ago. I tried, 
as I was, you know, a, a young, ugly man, you know, I was trying to like <laughs> learn all these different like, things that's that like people. When, I was that's trying like to learn. Rachel said, like, brings up weight for no reason. Yeah, for sure. You just said I was trying ugly for no reason. Learn the- I am not letting you. You are a handsome fellow. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> okay, I was trying to learn the codes that I would have to use to get by in like polite society. You know, yeah. I was like, okay, you never tell, you know, a, a, a woman to calm down or anything. I was like, that was a lesson that I internalized like a long time ago. Good. You know what I mean? Good. Um, I'm not, I know I'm no longer a woman and I still, but that was the lesson. Though. And I was still not let. I extend it. It's still in whatever gender this is. Yes. You still, cis men are not allowed. I don't know how other genders are if they, I haven't really like experienced other genders telling me to chill or calm down i think bros tell each other to calm down i'm just a really chill person so (laughs) people don't say that to me no need no need you're already there (laughs) i'm already the chillest person in the room nobody needs to be chill i tell you chill (laughs) yeah so that's my boundary what's your texting boundary coming I kind of let people do whatever to me, which is a flaw of myself. So I need to like maybe work. I need to perhaps set some boundaries. Interesting. I need to figure that out. Text you whatever we damn well please. Yeah, you know? text. You fucking send me whatever as long as you are talking to me. As long as you are sending me something. I'm like I take these love kernels to reference a future Chris's girlfriend song. So I had a really interesting. This and I'm just segueing right back to the episode for no reason. I, no, great. <laughs> like a co-host of a show. That's too. probably most appropriate. I um, I had the experience while watching this of. Being like, I was really thinking about queer shit the first time I watched this and didn't realize it. Like, watching it now and being so openly queer and having similar thoughts. It was just, like, such a trippy experience to watch this by episode and have so much identification that I know I had the first time I watched it, but had no idea that I was, like, bi, pan, queer, etc. Like, I did not think that about myself. But I also had a lot of identification with each and everything Daryl was experiencing. And I wonder how I rationalized that away while I was watching it. I think at the time I identified maybe as bicurious when drunk. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I think like that was it. But I do, while watching this episode, was like, whoa, I remember relating to this. Not just I relate to it now, but I remember relating to it then. So wild. Amazing. You can really go down the Narnia wardrobe of being in the closet. Like, you can just go all the way. Closet is fucking deep. It is <laughs> as deep as Narnia sometimes, and you just don't even know. 100%. Yeah. And James McAvoy is in there. Yeah. A oh, hot guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Tumnus was Mr. fucking Tumnus was Dude, like... I would fuck Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> dude, I'm, dude, I'm not gay, but I would like to fuck Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> dude, I would fuck Mr. Tumnus in the gayest way possible. Dude, no homo, but like, I would fuck dude, Mr. Tumnus. Dude, homo. I would fuck Mr. Tumnus. What is that called? Not a furry. A centaur. <laughs> He's a fawn. He's a fawn. A fawn. He's a fawn. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Sagittarius is a centaur, so that really That's tracks true. for us. That's as, true. As a group. I love centaurs. Perhaps they are my because I think they are my sign. is more my speed. Yeah, centaurs for sure. Are too. This is unwieldy. They got a whole horse back there. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot. That's a lot of wagon you're dragging. Um, 
<laughs> or as a fawn is much more manageable. Or a satyr, they are sometimes called. Yeah. Call well, I satyr. like, like, low T guys, so that's, like, a fawn. <laughs> low testosterone? Yeah. Like, that I checks think, out. I, I think, like, a centaur is too, like... Too mask. Too male. Too mask. Too mask. A goat, however. <laughs> a goat man. A goat man. <laughs> much more effective. Exactly. You're putting livestock with a man. You're far more in the goat world than you are. For like sure. For sure. Word. A cow man. I'm kind of, oh, I love cows, but cows are women. All cows are women. That's, that's fair. That's fact. That's just <laughs> science. <laughs> Even if they're bull. not, they are. They have those long eyelashes. Be, yeah, for sure. A bull is a man. A bull. What about a, bull? a boy bull? A minotaur Ew. man. No. Absolutely out. not. Bulls? Oh, a minotaur. Minotaur. Yeah. But it's like the yeah. reverse, you yeah. know? Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen True Blood? I a know little bit. about it because my ex really uses my HBO to watch it. I was going to recommend that to your next podcast. You watch all of True, True Blood? Actually, Fuck good. yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. Kevin is on a, well, sort of, sort of on a pod with my ex who I introduced and then they started up their own community. Now we're just together. friends outside of you. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are ex-pod. It's all of, a lot of us are ex-pod. All of us are friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, which is just a flex that I'm friends with my ex, but um, we should do a True Blood. We should watch it and because I know that Jace's watch it. Hi, Jace. I'm not necessarily committing to watching all of True Blood on mic, but if we wanted to do one special True Blood app and then see how it feels, you know, just the tip of True Blood. Isn't it an allegory for AIDS? That's what somebody told me. I mean, that's one way of interpreting it. And there's that one chef who screams about an AIDS burger. That's the clip of True Blood that I've seen. Oh, damn. Where, like, the guy, there's this guy who doesn't want to eat this diner food because the chef is gay, and he comes out and he's like, that's an AIDS burger you're eating. This is an important question that you can try to relate back to the episode if you want. Okay, um, I love a challenge. I finally figured out what my mine would be, so I couldn't ask the question until I knew what mine would be. Mm. Um, I think we did talk about this on the beach. What is your because we're talking about half people, half animal, what is your mermaid power? Yes. And what color is your mermaid tail? Of course. Um, I, in the in the water of, of Reese Beach, I went very quickly. I defaulted to number one child wish answer. I want to be able to talk to every animal. Yeah. Um, that is the, super, the mermaid superpower that I elected for myself. Um, and for my tail, I don't know. I would like just like a nice... Like a salmon pink sort of tail. Ooh, that's nice. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, what are some powers that mermaids are offered? <laughs> <laughs> what is the sphere that I'm pulling from? I guess, there? like, think of, <laughs> like, like, are we talking time travel? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, <laughs> yeah, anything that, like, you could do underwater. So time travel works, yeah. Okay. I mean, most of the... <laughs> if we're talking magic powers, like, there's no physics. So technically anything on land... Would go yeah. be yeah. fair in water. Yeah, it just counts. like think like you're a mermaid. You could be like a mermaid that turns into other things, but like again, like you, you we're trying to focus on Man. like one power, and that would require like kind of mm-hmm. two. If you were on an ensemble mermaid show for children, what would be your speciality? Yeah. Oh like if you're Spice Girls, but your mermaid is. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> I don't know. This is a this is a great question. I've never <laughs> I've never been asked. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, maybe it would be time travel. That would be kind of cool. Something about time, I would say. I would love to see mermaids through time and what mermaid eras look like. What was the 70s like for mermaids? I mean, my other answer would be similarly, like, to live for a very long time. I don't know about immortal, but, like, maybe close to. Or just as long as you want. As long as I want. Yeah, I have to, like, decide. (laughs) My life will end in suicide. Like, it's already, like, predetermined. But, like, it's up to me when, you know... I don't know, maybe that's that's dark and maybe it's just, like, how maybe my family, I don't know what it is, but, like, my mom doesn't want dementia and doesn't want uh, to, like, not remember, she's she's requested, and, and she's not even 60, but she's requested that once she starts losing her faculties and her mind, she wants us to throw her from a high place. She wants us to euthanize her. Your mom is like, where are my keys? And you're like, all right, mom, here, here, fuck we go. <laughs> all right, time I to take you out that. to I'm like, at what point will... Yeah. What is the what line? Is, what, what is the point? <laughs> where of, is the rock? What is? And she's like, you'll know. And I'm like, no, you'll know. Like, I'm not just going to kill you until, like, we know. I'm not going to kill you ever, FBI agent, the hot one. Yeah. Um, the hot one. <laughs> I think I could sub in a hot FBI agent for the lawyer fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hers was, like, living as long as I she wants. As I'd yeah. like. That's great. I would love, th- or a time travel, something about seeing yeah. large, you know, spans of time. time. I, love I think that would be very interesting to me. The color of my tail, though, black. Because all I wear is black. Of so course. Cool. It's so That's New York. That'd be fucking rad. It's so in New York. Would your, would your mermaid also be in New York? With the dead bodies in the trash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's rad. Like, why not? Yeah, like, fuck yeah. No, New York. Mer- uh, excuse me. This is a screenplay. New York Mermaid. We yeah. can sell this. <laughs> Wait, that sounds really good. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, TM. 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 <laughs> yeah, we actually did trademark this right after the end of the podcast. So, like, you can't. So, like, you can't write New York Mermaid and sell it to Disney Plus, like we're going to. <laughs> Okay, you guys haven't asked me yet, but just so we can get back to the episode. It was my implied. Mermaid, <laughs> my mermaid tail is obviously, like, just, like, an oscillating rainbow. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would expect nothing um, else. Yeah, it's, like, rainbow, but it, like, keeps changing. Um, mm-hmm. And I... My friend came up with a really good one, which was basically having the ox cord of the ocean. <laughs> like, just being able to play. Like have, like, being able like one of those music. pools with speakers under the under the water. Yeah, like, but the like whole ocean. Whole ocean. <laughs> and I wow. thought that one was sick and really funny. Um, and then my other one would be like, because that is my friends that like they kind of called and then, but you don't get dibs they on didn't powers. Yeah. <laughs> the other one would be like kind of sim style. Like I want to be like the like. Uh, city. I want to have like city planner vibes of the sea. I want to be able to like snap and have just like build like eco friendly buildings and systems and like like portals. And Coral houses. And, yeah, I just want to. Yeah, I want to get really interior deco about the sea. About the very sea. <laughs> that would be my power. Elegant, well designed yeah. sea. I don't really need to talk to animals. I mean, it could, but I don't really know what we would talk about. I think I have too much social anxiety. <laughs> Just talk to an animal. What do I have to say to a horse? <laughs> Would a horse, horse like me? Why is a horse in the sea? A seahorse? 
Uh, I horses can be near the sea, and I'm popping out, and I'm like, oh, what's oh going coast. on? Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. I didn't even think about that you were going to interact with, like, land, land animals. Land animals. Oh, no, so for cute. sure. That's yeah. so cute. Would you beckon them with, like, a little, like, sonic boom, and then, like... Oh, I'm a siren in this scenario. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, That's very for sure, cool. for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're talking about group dynamics. <laughs> the group hang... <laughs> Uh, song at the beginning of this episode. It's a banging. You you sing this song a lot. Group I do. Bang, it's a group bang, a group bang. Oh, so this made away. me anxious. The fucking too. Shakira song and like the politics of nachos and and who's paying for what drink. Yeah, as featuring Harvey Guillaume from cr- What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, I yeah. someone who's currently very broke right now this this episode made me really really anxious because i was like i actually couldn't pay that bill like when she gets the one thousand dollar i don't Mexican have that bill. much on my debit card so no one robbed me because i really don't have that much not worth it <laughs> <laughs> so that made me anxious i forgot about that um but that was like the song is really catchy yeah and i like like many good crazy ex-girlfriend songs it has like a sub joke within the joke because there's the joke about like the whole group hang thing that we're doing in the shakira style and then there's the continuing joke about like the bizarre food offered by the restaurant that they're at um this cheesy tortilla soup thing you know it's just like it keeps that thread going throughout the song as well and i think that's good yeah it's that i don't really resonate with well i guess sometimes but like i would say it's like 50 50 with with rachel of like songs hello welcome to queens um i would say it's like 50 50 with rachel in terms of like doing like a really specific like line or throwaway line or bit like a long bit through a song Mm -hmm. i feel like it's yeah it's 50 50 for me if i like it or find it annoying and don't think about it i mean sometimes it just don't work yeah but you gotta take that chance because then you have like the great running joke in the dream ghosts song about the insurance policy of the dream ghosts you can't have that if you don't try yeah simply can't what else happened in this episode that was essentially it they discover the 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 water situation uh, oh, with, how did with... you feel about Daryl? How did both of you feel about Daryl's sexual awakening in this show? This was a big deal for queer stuff. And what I felt like um, bisexuality at this point was still like, I mean, obviously it was a thing that people knew existed, but it does feel like, if not because of this show, because this wasn't a very like popular show when it was on, but like at this time, people were like, Hmm, bisexuality, what is this? So you can be gay and not gay at the same time? Um, and that felt new to a lot of people, at least to the to the culture of Missouri where I was when this episode um, was coming out. And we haven't even gotten to the song about him being bi, which won't happen for another two episodes. Can you believe it? Oh, that is coming. I didn't realize it was season one. Yeah, season one, but it just has not happened yet. Um, yeah, no, it's good. I, I like it. I always forget how slow it is the the now two times i've rewatched the show like i forget that it is the longest role out in in tv sexuality since since season two of harley quinn um it just takes like a really long time for this for this to go and it kind of feels like they have to do that because people 
we're still not super familiar with bisexuality, at least from from my eyes. I don't know. I like to watch him struggling with it and be confused and then kind of be like, oh, no, that's not what it is. And then have like other things of like, maybe that is what it is. No, that's not what it is. Like, I feel like you do have to like have it. But I know for me, there was this particular game of Hi Carabai, who isn't a probably doesn't listen to the pod but um she was in a she was a very attractive dancer in a production of spring awakening at usc Talk about college. Awakening. right and we i was pretty certain i had a crush on her but was like i'm in college and this is a girl crush and like i haven't had a crush on a girl before and blah, blah, and i have a boyfriend and so we played spin the bottle and we spun each other like twice, which means that mm. we had to like super make out. And we were really drunk and it was really mushy. So I thought because of that moment that I wasn't gay. Because my one chance to make out with my one crush, it was like not fireworks. And I, so then I just suppressed so it. She just had yeah. no game. <laughs> <laughs> we both didn't. She's like, a bad way. <laughs> we both didn't have game. And like, if that had gone differently, I think a couple years of my life would have looked a lot different. Would have been very different. Yeah. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Uh, and what I what I like about this Daryl storyline, I like a coming out story for a fully grown person. I, I, I understand why so many of the coming out stories in media are about, like, teens and, and young people. Um, but I appreciate that this is, like, a man in his mid-40s realizing something Yeah, we about need himself. less, like, born-this-way gays who are like, I knew ever since I was whatever. And I'm like, that's great for you, and I'm glad the world has progressed in such a way that, like, allows you to do that. But yeah. also, like, for a lot of people, it doesn't happen until well into adulthood. And I like that angle on Daryl's story, is that he's, like, he was married to a woman, he had a kid, he didn't know any of this. How do you feel like watching this episode when... The first time when you thought you were straight and the now time when you knew that you're out as bi. I, I do think that this was something I will not like attribute it solely, you know, Dale as like solely the, make you bi. Yes, but <laughs> um he's pretty cute. But um it it was definitely an important like thing to see along the way. Um to to where we were going it's it it i wouldn't call it like a radically different lens but it is something i reference this song all the time i sing it to myself all the time i put it in my instagram story all the time it's just like it is a a piece that i love and i and i cite often um to your point of like liking that he's a older like grown man i think the show is really great in that it like shows these characters that would often be like not the stars of a television show Mm -hmm. and like people who often are not seen on tv like you know paula's like this middle-aged woman in this like half dead marriage you know and she's not not, a size zero not a size zero and same with even rebecca like she's not she doesn't have the ingenue look or body you know curvy jewish gal um and i actually have a funny but when we end the episode i have a funny like anecdote about curvy rachel bookmark okay okay in my head um and so uh and then 
yeah, like Daryl too, like this like older kind of middle aged man still having like a sexual story or romantic story. Um, and I think like that's part of the genius of the show is just like showing these people that a show wouldn't ov- often focus on. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I was thinking I recently had a like very strange um, experience seeing Lena Dunham's new movie. A very positively strange experience. Sharp Stick. Sharp Stick. There's yeah. a new Lena Dunham. Just yeah. dropped. Just dropped. <laughs> new Lena just new, dropped. New feature. But um. Yeah. She talks about, like, I saw it with a Q&A, and she was talking about how, like, with girls, her focus was so much on just, like, showing people and bodies that weren't normally shown on television, and then her new movie, she's, like, more focused on, like, how she's showing them, whatever. This isn't a podcast about Lena Dunham. Yeah. But, so I, I will never get, start one of I them. Won't get, <laughs> I won't get too into it, but, um... You know, Sitting I on think regular sized furniture. Thank you. I mean, even a show like Crazy Ex Girlfriend, I do think is like weirdly indebted to the legacy of girls and Lena Dunham. Like, I think it's like that was such a turning point in like how a young woman could present herself on television, and it was like super successful. And I do mm-hmm. think like you know, this is part of that that history. I mean, previous shows about like working women women working in office environments they look like uh, mary tyler moore or yeah. or ally mcbeal yeah um and they don't often look like rachel bloom or or people that look like paula are not often like the second lead on a show like absolutely this, not. with storylines all to herself and interiority she's a one-off joke throwing out sort of character like all the there's multiple people on the office you could point at and be like this is what paula would be on like any angela other show. or phyllis or, or like, phyllis or the redhead one meredith uh yeah. it's been well, a very long time even since the, office the office is an american version of a british show yes. and the comedy of the original office is like so much in the awkwardness of these characters you know, like, it's purposely, like, they're not ingenues. That is the point of the show. Like, right. they have to be bland and ugly. That's, but, like, the joke. But the women at the center of the U.S. often, the ones that, like, get their own storylines are Jenna Pam. Fisher and uh, Rashida Jones yeah. and Ellie Kemper, you know? Yeah, all these kind of tradi- more traditionally attractive women, sure. according to our standards. According to our standards. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, and even when I watched, I remember watching, like, the pilot episode of crazy ex-girlfriend that really like blew my mind just seeing like rachel bloom seeing her body honestly and she actually is pretty skinny in the first season compared to where she's at later on and it it did like have an impact on me i'll just tell the curvy story now because now it is it is relevant so i had a truly life-changing bra shopping experience recently um so you post about this i because it truly changed my life like so I, you know, bra shopping is, like, traumatizing to me. I hate it. It's, like, it makes me hate my body, hate myself. For those of you who aren't, who can't see me right now and are listening in and can't see the size of my breasts, <laughs> I suppose well, there's some... pictures. I suppose there's some... Ca- they're, like, they're, like, how small are these things? They think they're, like, so tiny. No, it's the opposite. They're huge. <laughs> um, so I, um... Same. So, like, uh... Good job. 
Yeah, but, but that's like deep lore <laughs> for, our for, who for like, the real for the fans. real listeners who like know I got top surgery. Yeah, like, for sure for the real fans. Um, but yeah, so I like bra shopping. Very difficult thing. Hate it. Very hard to like the size I thought I was was a thirty two triple D. That's what Victoria's Secret has told me I am. But I've realized that that's just like the biggest cup size that a lot most stores have. Yeah. And so I went to the store in New York. That's like. It's called Bravissimo. Sponsor the episode, by the way. <laughs> Shout out Bravissimo. Um, Use promo but, code. Bravissimo. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> if they sponsored it? But yeah. Let's fucking go like, at Bravissimo. The whole point of the store is that they like are D and up cups. And so, uh, but all different band sizes for everyone, whatever, but D and up. And it was truly life-changing because I was like, oh, this is the first like time I'm going bra shopping where they're not like, all right, just give her the biggest size you got. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, exactly. And they actually like sized me and like it truly changed my like idea of like what a bra could be and how it could fit. So I went to follow them on Instagram and guess who of my followers was already following them? Rachel Blue. Rachel Blue. Of course. And I, and I was like, I don't know. It was just amazing because, like, she is a body who it was, like, refreshing to see on, on television yeah. for me personally. And so she did get a breast reduction. Um, post-show, yeah. Post-show. But she also had kids, and then her boobs got really big. So, for And sure. also, if I had the money, these things would be gone. <laughs> like, no shame. They would be out of here. She goes but, into um, it in her book. Like, the, the process behind that decision. And she was like, yeah, I just got, like, unmanageable. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, I, that's great. Like, I would do it if I if I could. Maybe one day I will. But, um, you know, seeing that, even just seeing, like, that she went to the store, I was like, that's amazing. Like, this person I love and watch on TV is wearing the same freaking bras as me, you know? Representation. We're all drinking the same Coke. <laughs> she does Shout out Andy Warhol. <laughs> <laughs> she does reference her boobies in this episode. And many other and episodes. Frequently. Heavy, yeah. heavy boobs, that's fake. a good heavy one. Heavy boobs is a great number. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, that people oh. think they're fake. But I will add, I looked up, because I was curious after my Bravissimo experience, what the average bra size is in the United States. Hello. Because I was like, I'm curious. And guess what it is? Hi. A 34 double D. Whoa. Which is already considered, in a lot of stores, extended sizing. Like, that's already wow. outside the natural range. So, like, Bravissimo, this, like, specialty store, that's the average size of most, you know, the average size for women in the United States or, you know, people who wear bras in the United States is a 34 double D. And so they sh- could shop at Bravissimo, which is, like, the specialty. Shout store. out Bravissimo! But anyway, I just think that's crazy. Even, like, the average women's size is considered plus size. Wow. In the United States. So th- our whole concept of this is really like... It's skewed. fucked. Yeah. Have you used Savage X Fenty <laughs> by Rihanna? I have it. Recent billionaire Rihanna. Awful. I Unfortunately, I do. Um, I'm a monthly subscriber. But I do skip often. Many, many months. Many but months. when I'm less single... I will treat myself to like a sexy harness or set, but they ha- they're like super size inclusive and like Lizzo was in the um, the show that replaced I say replaced the Victoria's Secret show is a Savage X Fenty show that's on JeffreyBezos.com Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the website I'm talking about it in my browser. Dot um, <laughs> But something worth watching are I think the three season well three episodes three shows of um rihanna's savage x fenty 
uh, fashion show mm-hmm. and that it's size inclusive and and also gender inclusive by that meaning like multiple genders not just two um and it's it's hot yeah um it's a, it's a good watch that but also you don't need to give rihanna your money but that's another place savage x venti <laughs> our other and sponsor. i am available to be a savage x venti ambassador should anyone be listening thank you <laughs> Listen, this is good tips for our listeners out there. Uh, and I think this was a, a show that with a predominantly uh, female and perhaps non-binary audience, you know what I mean? So this, this is good information for everyone to have. I'm glad we shared this. Uh, that about wraps it up. This is our longest episode ever, and I'm not mad about it. I had a great time sitting here on the floor talking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, now's a little time where we can throw out a little something called plugs uh so a uh, guest you are allowed to go first hallie anything out there that you want to plug yourself your work or not oh my gosh i'm on the spot right now i mean i get follow your letterbox pl- yeah do i want to <laughs> plug my socials i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know if i like you can always anonymity. change your mind later and i can cut it out yeah i have no concept of how many listeners we have and it could be zero and it could be just like a handful and it could be a lot so i don't <laughs> i've decided for this show i'm not looking at the data <laughs> sure okay well you can follow me on letterbox at seltzer and <laughs> you can follow me on instagram at I underscore love underscore carbonated underscore water. And you can follow me on Be Real <laughs> at, I think it's just carbonated underscore water. Username Seltzer. Um, I love this. There's a theme. Yeah. <laughs> anything principle. about carbonated, just at LaCroix.com. <laughs> at LaCroix.com. That's how websites work. Love and water's on bubbles. Um, I'm yeah. I will say. Here's my thing about carbonated water. I just want to go on my spiel about it really quick. As a Jewish person (laughs) raised by New Yorkers, seltzer has always been part of my life, you know? Yeah. Seltzer. How's New York seltzer? (laughs) Before I was drinking breast milk. (laughs) I was drinking. Out the womb. (laughs) Yeah, I was drinking out out the soda stream. <laughs> That's my teat, okay? <laughs> created by the glorious state of Israel. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I have always been a seltzer fan. Um, but I do think seltzer has this kind of newfound trendiness to it. Um, I think it's because, like, we're living in a post-soda society, you know? Yeah. People understand soda's like poison now. And so <laughs> we finally like, fucking it's, <laughs> bridged that gap. It's like it's like people who started smoking cigarettes like in the fifties. It's like you can't fault these guys, no. you know? But, but it's people like, who smoke it started, now, it's, it's like, like we know we, we know it's bad, soda. but it's still happens. Soda's yeah, the same sure. way. It's like if you like grew up like drinking soda, it is what it is, going back decades. But it's like if you're picking up that habit now, it's like you're you know like you're guzzling poison, you know? So it's like, again, you know, not that we don't, we all have that death drive. No, no shade. If you drink soda or smoke, I'm happy. I'm talking to our listeners. Like, I love that about humans. (laughs) I love that we want to destroy ourselves. (laughs) Genuinely, I do. I'm not even being sarcastic. Anyway, so, but, um, like, I do think seltzer has filled this gap of like, we all need this little treat, but we don't want to like, do anything too harmful. So now, like, yeah. seltzer. 
But for me, that's not what Seltzer is about. That's not what Seltzer represents. So I just want to make it clear that I'm not a fake fan. (laughs) (laughs) That I liked Seltzer before it was cool. (laughs) And hummus too. And hummus too. I think hummus has had a similar... It did. I feel like maybe hummus's like spotlight was almost usurped by seltzer. Yeah. I think hummus is a little less trendy now than it once was. For sure. But those are things you can kind of get anywhere now, you know? Oh, for sure. And they're not, it's not. Sriracha had it. Sriracha was for a while a big, big trend. Absolutely. But, um, but I still hold out. I'm still there holding down the fort. Yeah. So anyway, those are my plugs. Hummus, (laughs) seltzer, Israel. <laughs> there was a good oh no that's that's actually in the episode after the ones we watched i watched one more because i mm-hmm. wanted to like finish the arc of the you want to see where case. this water thing was going exactly and you, um, you saw audra levine i did and there is a really funny moment where they're like though of course i support israel which i love because like i love the the I mean, it's not that biting of a critique. It should be... I hope all of our listeners <laughs> support BDS. I'm just kidding. This is how I don't get into the country. You're in the fucking right? idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you said so, that you would gracefully handle being canceled. Absolutely. 100%. This episode is also not coming out until it. early next month. So, I welcome like. it with open arms. Um, but... Uh, there's a great line where they're like, oh, yeah, we're liberal, we're progressive, but of course we support Israel. And I'm like, I'm glad they're correctly aligning Israel as, like, a right-wing yes. state and, like, Zionism as, like, an ethno-nationalist right-wing project. Like, not that they went that far, but that's the that's the undercurrent of what they're that saying. That is definitely, like, so, the joke, right? Yeah. In that, in that, anyway, we'll so I like it. that little moment. But, yeah, that's for next episode. That's a teaser. You should use this as the little, like, end of the episode. So, oh, like, listen next week. Hey, or... so you get to hear about uh, the... I'm not going to say the name of that song out loud. It is, like, a slur. Um, oh, wait, what is it? It's Show Jap me. Battle. But Jap stands for Jewish American oh, Princess. that's not a slur. Not for Jewish people. For it, a different group. I, oh, but it's not, that's not what it's saying. I know, but I don't like saying it out loud. Fair enough. You fair enough. I'm, perhaps I'll call me a coward. Coward. <laughs> right, fair enough. <laughs> Say more yeah. slurs. Say more slurs. <laughs> I've already come out as my phobic. <laughs> I've done my duty. Cat, uh, any plugs? Uh, sure. Uh, I think my letterbox is just Cat Scott, K-A-T-S-C-O-T. Check out those lists. I'm making a list right now of 52 films for 52 weeks of the year. And in the description, it explains, like, which week of each month each film should be watched. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a project I did in college and forgot about and thought would be fun to do again for no reason, just for fun. I'm looking for things for no reason, just for fun. Um, I'm sometimes on Instagram.com, and when I am, you can find me at Cat Scott Online. Um, that's my handle. Ask your parents before logging on. Uh, truly, though. Um, and there's not. Yeah, there isn't really much else worth. But I mean, this is my big. This is my thing. Doing this with you is the main thing going on. I'm writing a TV show about when I was in a debutante cult. So if you are a writer for any streaming services, let me know. I've got a pilot. It's in its first draft. Premium cable. Hit me up. I was in a debutante cult that Ellie Kemper was in. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's get Ellie on the show. 
Not this podcast, on that show. Or on this podcast. Maybe that she likes be, this show. That would be so spicy. Right? She would have to do, like, a redemption arc. But it's Probably like... like season two. Because when you use a star like that, you know, the audience is already bringing their meta perception of them to the piece. And, like, why not lean into that? Yeah, why I not mean, SNL just... does that a lot. SNL does that a lot. But even, like, you know, when the world realized that, like, Tom Cruise was fucking insane... He just makes movies about being insane now. Yeah. Uh, and many it has stories. worked very well for him. They do that in succession of like being like self-meta-referential. Like yeah. it, there's a whole plot. Have you watched Succession? I've yet? watched the first two seasons. Oh, okay, cool. And then there's been too much TV lately and I haven't had time to finish the third season. There succession. sure is a lot of TV, which is why I want to saturate it with more. <laughs> and who will get the kiss from daddy? Um, I will say... As since we're plugging Letterboxd, uh, I'm TV's Kevin, or TV's Kevin Lanigan on Letterboxd. You can follow me. Uh, I'm on a Peter Bogdanovich kick right now, though that'll largely be done by the time you're hearing this episode, so you gotta scroll back through and see all my thoughts on those great films. Um, TV's Kevin Lanigan on the social media. Advanced Media Studies is the other podcast where we are reading the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books. And you can also uh, hear an episode where Kat is recovering from top surgery, talking about community. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So you can dive through the archives and find that. (laughs) Um, Oh, is that the gay one? No. Earlier than that. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was in season three of Community. If I remember correctly, it did all happen during quarantine. So, you know, some scant details are fuzzy here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can you can find all that. I just completed a feature film script. We're going to be making that in the next year, year and a half. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, fly same, same streaming services. Of course, we're, please we're, we can be, We can be like a deal. I love deal. We trying to be an independent filmmaker and you're like, okay, so the height of what I can achieve is selling it to some streaming service where they will anonymously dump it without fanfare. I love being a young filmmaker. <laughs> uh, it's really it's really great. Um, so yeah, see that? And you know what? If you want to support me flying out to Salt Lake City and making projects uh, with my old comedy troupe, you can do that at patreon.com slash Kevin for as little as $1 a month, where you also get episodes of this very podcast one full week early in their entirety. Um, and backlogs of several shows that I used to do as well. Um, and we will be back in October. Spooky. Uh, spooky to complete uh, this this water trial business. Um, and finally get a little bit of resolution on this uh, Daryl sexuality coming out plotline. I'm excited. We're excited to hear it. We're excited to see it. Um, I don't think we have a general sign-off to this show. So I'll just say, you know, I'm a London boy, I enjoy. That was beautiful. And I'm not going to project into a future this time about what my dating life looks like. I've done that on a few pods and I've been wrong each time. So um, just wherever you are, September Cat, you're doing great. And Delilah. <laughs> Call in. Tell me what's up. Is Delilah still in the air? We gotta look this up. I, uh, yeah, I hope so. Well, Rebecca... Yeah, you guys know this one. Karma's come to tap you on the shoulder. All that lying that's been festering, plus breaking and entering, is coming now to crush you like a boulder.
Okay, new story. So the most New York thing just happened to me. I was in Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie. And it was during like a really spooky like jump scare part. And a fucking dog just appeared out of nowhere. And at first it was like, oh, cute. Like he's off leash. Like he'll be like taken in a second. And then like five minutes passed and he had been reacting to the movie and um and then he like kept I was like I'll just hang on to him and he just like sat in my lap and then I like lifted him up to demonstrate like hey I have a dog and this is a movie theater where did this dog come from and no one grabbed him and so then I was like oh shit so I hung out with him for a second plus the movie was getting like really scary and so then I pick him up and I carry him out and it goes, is anybody's dog? And nobody says anything. And I'm like, okay. And then <laughs> I walk and I come up the stairs and I'm like, hi, there's a loose dog. And they're like, what? And I was like, there's a loose dog. And someone was like, okay, let me get the manager. And he was like, what's up? And I was like, there's a loose dog. This is someone's dog. And then someone was like, oh, we saw a couple walk in with it. And I was like, do you know which movie they went into? And she's like, no. And then I was like, okay. So then we walked into like the next door theater and we were like, is this anybody's dog? And nobody said anything. So then we were like, well, we can't keep interrupting movies <laughs> with this dog. And he was really cute. And I was like, I hope I can keep him. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. So then um, the managers just kept staring at me like this has never fucking happened before. This has never happened. He's like, oh my God. And he's like, I'm allergic to dogs. Otherwise I would help. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll hold him. So then, <laughs> then we like walked like up and down the escalators and just like, we're like, what do we do? And then we found an office and he ran out of it. So then we found a smaller office and kept him in there and he was barking. And then we opened some of the movie theater doors so that like the movies could hear the dog barking and maybe they'd be like, oh, my dog's loose. So <laughs> then we kept the dog in like a little office and I did get a free pass for the movie. And then I went back and watch the last 30 minutes, which was good. Um, but yeah, the, and then as I came out at the end, this I, I was like, what happened? People who worked there were like, we don't know. And I was like, is the dog still there? And they were like, I think he's still in the office. And then, woo, and then I um, <laughs> just ran into a pole. Um, so <laughs> then the escalator brought up the dog who was re-harnessed with this middle-aged woman who was like sorry he got out of his harness which like he totally didn't it was like a full body harness um and we we're like okay glad you got him and then the manager had to like open the door to get me a free pass and I like hung out with the people who worked there and I was like I used to work in a movie theater and they're like where and I was like Oh, in Missouri, and no, it wasn't AMC. It was like an art house theater. Um, they're like, oh, cool. Um, and I got my free pass, and the mystery was not solved because we don't know which theater she came from and where, how she found the dog. I guess someone downstairs, like, let her in, but the manager still didn't know yet. But, yeah, so got to hang out with a dog saw most of the movie nope 
the mid 20 minutes like weren't that engaging anyway uh, or like the it was like the second act to third act so yeah I'm gonna walk into this pet coast so I can relive that dog moment because yeah, I don't have anything else to do this afternoon all right that's my story I got a free pass so if anyone wants to see a movie let me know Are a metaphor for my soul Won't stop the self-pity Cause I'm on a roll Yes, Josh completes me But how can that be When there's no me left to complete You ruined everything You stupid bitch Sing with me You ruined everything You stupid, stupid bitch Yes This has been a Talkback Podcast.